there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I hope that the content of each episode brings you hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways. The Special Needs Parenting Village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. Please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account, and let's keep this conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and review or share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in to Season 2 of Living the Sky Life. Today's episode of Living the Sky Life brings a guest all the way from Australia. I had the distinct pleasure of talking to Sally Wilbanks, who is an award-winning Australian artist who put down her brushes at the end of 2019 to start ND Renegade, which is a clothing brand that aims to spread awareness and acceptance of neurodiversity. With her husband, Jeff, Sally launched ND Renegade in January of 2020 in support of all neurodivergent people, including their own two young children. And I will link up how you can connect with Sally uh, via her social media handle at Instagram and her website for ND Renegade. You can check out some of the amazing clothing items. I have a couple t-shirts myself, um, and I really support all that she's doing and bringing awareness to the importance of those in the neurodiverse population standing proud and embracing their differences. So please enjoy my conversation with Sally. So my guest today on Living the Sky Life comes all the way from Australia. I'm very excited to chat with Sally Wilbanks. So Sally, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Well, I um, am a fan of your company and I'd like to get into um, all of that and how that came to be. But um, I I first want to kind of reference back your blogs and you talk a lot about both of your beautiful children your son and your daughter, um, and that they both are neurodiverse. So do you want to talk a little bit about your son and his autism first and just kind of how that came to be and when he was diagnosed? Yes, sure. Um, My son, he is seven and a half. He was diagnosed at four years and two months, but that was after he'd had about 10 months of therapy for sensory issues. So we already knew something was going on. he, he, he did show the signs of, you know, he was spinning plates. And at one point my husband found him lying on the floor on his back and he wasn't able to roll over. And he'd already made, met that milestone. He was about 16 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had issues with spinning and lying on his back and things like that. And the doctors didn't know what was going on. They sent us to an ear, nose, throat surgeon. And I mean, they just, no one had an idea. Um, and then we found out the sensory issues when he was three. And the diagnosis came at four, as I said, and he has also uh, been diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And he, we think he's ADHD as well. He hasn't had the full diagnosis yet, but you know, everyone suspects it. <laughs> the That's hard to me. diagnose too, you know. Really. I know. Well, when he got the autism diagnosis, the, the psychologist said she thinks it's ADHD too, but he was only four. So it's too young to tell then. And we just haven't gone further with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's is trial different ADHD meds and things like that because everyone's just assuming that he is, so. Yep, we've done the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how is he, as far as development, um, he's seven and a half, so yeah. was, was communication something that he um, regressed in or has that all been pretty No, he's actually been, he's extremely verbal and he's- That's great. He's, yeah, he's gifted, so um, 
academically he's he's fine and language wise he's absolutely fine he it's the social problems that he has uh his anxiety kind of rules his life so he has a lot of issues just relating to peers and he gets he gets quite scared not knowing what to do around them, not mm -hmm. knowing what to say things like that um he's also very uh, perfectionistic so he won't do anything if he thinks he's going to fail Oh, so yeah. yeah it is uh, it limits a lot of, yeah it limits a lot of things that he does and so he's he gets nervous when he leaves the house he just says oh I just like to be home but we get him out all the time but it's always a real push to get him out mm -hmm. so, is he yeah. like spending most of his time with you and your husband and your daughter yes particularly me he's yeah. you know he's usually with me if I'm not around he he's quite concerned um, but he just likes to be where he knows he's safe. So, and every time he leaves the house, he just doesn't know what to expect. Even if we're going somewhere that he's familiar with, because we've, we just moved uh, six months ago. So everything's still a little bit unfamiliar for him here. And, um, yeah, he just gets very stressed. Yeah. Well, it's nice. I mean, if you guys can do little outings and, you know, very, very slowly over time, kind of, you know encourage him to to be more yeah. independent i mean but he's only seven and a half so i mean my mom brain would be like well i mean i still like having him around me all the time my baby <laughs> you know well i know i know it's funny because we we homeschool the kids and when we moved up here we sent them to a learning center that takes kids that kind of don't fit the school mold and it's more like a kind of a daycare center for kids up to age 12 where they can just run wild and do what they want and we thought oh it's going to be perfect and I thought I'm going to have so much free time and I'm going to get the business going and and I just miss them so much they're only there two days a week and he, my son has so much anxiety that I just pulled them out after three weeks I couldn't take Aww. it yeah well so tell me a little bit about your daughter she's nine and a half and you've said that she has ADHD how does that present a little bit differently than your son, you know, that you guys yeah. think also has anxiety yeah. disorder? And well, uh, my daughter, she, she is inattentive ADHD. Um, she isn't too, she's got the energy and all that stuff, but she's not bouncing off the walls. She has a lot of trouble focusing when it's something that she doesn't like to do, which is pretty standard for ADHD is she's a really avid reader. So um, the doctors at first thought, oh, you know, there's no way if she can, I mean, she's, she's nine and a half and she's read over a thousand books at this point, because I keep track for homeschooling. So if they all thought if she can do that, there's no way, but we actually had her assessed for autism because, um, all my son's therapists flagged her across the years and they knew something was up and the psychologist said, it's not autism, it's ADHD. But currently she's actually in the middle of her second autism diagnosis because we've moved up here and the pediatrician said, look, you know, she's autistic, don't you? So <laughs> now, so now she's in the middle of another, uh, you know, autism diagnosis. So we'll see what happens. She's also dyspraxic and she has a, a speech disorder that's a neurological speech disorder as well. So she's kind of got a lot going on. It's just hard what to figure out. What is dyspraxic? I don't know that I've heard of that. So that's basically when the brain is sending messages to the body and the body doesn't do what it, what it wants. So like that's a really simplistic idea of it. So she's quite clumsy. Um, she'll hurt herself a lot. She'll bump into things. She drops things. It's like if someone's going to, you know, spill something, it's her. If someone's going to make a mess, it's her. Mm -hmm. um just because she just doesn't have the coordination but she does equine therapy and things like that so she's gotten a lot better with it but yeah. it also seems to affect her words so 
she when she's speaking she loses track she loses track of what she's saying a lot and you know so and that was part of her speech disorder just trying to you know tease that apart if it was the dyspraxia or if something else was going on it's so interesting that she could have both that and ADHD for her i can't imagine the challenge of your body in one way wants to just kind of be all over the place. I know you said she's not bouncing off the walls, but constantly her brain is probably thinking and moving and all these parts. And then if her body doesn't cooperate, like I yeah. can't imagine how frustrating she's, that probably is for her. She's always tapping. Like she, she's not like, like bouncing off the walls, as I said, uh -huh. but she's always tapping and she always wants to like move a foot and, and, you know, bang. she drives her brother absolutely crazy because he doesn't <laughs> like to see that, that extraneous movement just drives him nuts, but I'm sure the sensory drives him crazy, <laughs> yeah, but she can't help doing it. So it's, you know, it is a little problematic. Um, but like, if, you know, if you ask her to dance, it's, it's frightening. <laughs> she's, oh. like, <laughs> the poor thing. she's like the worst dancer in the world. <laughs> Uh, I bet music uh, is soothing to both of them, though. Well, our, my son is, he, because he's got such high anxiety, he needs to control everything. So he's in this phase right now for about the last nine months where he will not let us dance. He will not let us play certain music. He just, he throws a fit, really, just screams and shouts and you need to stop that. And so he, Aww. none of us, I know it's really hard. None of us are, um, can actually express ourselves. And my husband's a musician, which is really tough. So, oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I just kind of guessed with music, yeah. a lot of our kids really like yeah. it. So, so, yeah. so, but I think it's more, my son actually loves music. He loves to create, you know, songs and stuff on his iPad. He's got some music problems. He loves it, but he doesn't like anyone else, you know, like filling up his space with their, with their music and their dancing. So mm -hmm. it's, we're dealing with it in therapy because it's one of those things where, you know, we want to be able to express ourselves and yeah. And therapists are quite stumped they don't know what to do well and you don't want to be walking on eggshells in your own home I mean I feel like yeah. we do all the time it's yeah. never ending we're always like gosh sorry and but he's loud as can be so we're just like, like they can do what they want <laughs> I know whatever um well I was as I mentioned in the beginning I um was reading through some of your blog posts that's on um your company website and one of them really spoke to me about um you, you know, you had asked a question of the autistic community on Instagram about the aggression and anger issues that you see sometimes, I guess, with your son. And um, you were curious if that's something that they could grow out of or, or kind of what causes that. Um, and you got some pretty interesting responses that you referenced. Do you remember any off the top of your head that really stuck with you? Yes, I do, actually. Yeah, you're right. I asked that question because we do deal with a lot of aggression from my son and I know it's all based from, you know, stems from his anxiety. I understand that, but we're still at that point where we have to, we have to figure it out because we're all suffering as a family unit. Yeah. Um, and it's been going on for a long time. So I just, I was delving into it and trying to find the solution. And I asked the autistic community on Instagram because I need that insight from people who've been there. So I just, I asked them when, when did the aggression end if they were aggressive as children and when did they, you know, feel like they could control it a little better? And the good news is, is that most of them said that it, it ended or got a lot easier in the early teen years. There were a few people that said that they were still aggressive, um, but most people said it actually ended in the teen years. And I don't know if that's a maturity thing. I'm hoping it just comes with maturity. Um, a lot of them said they still feel rageful, but they know how to 
manage it differently. So instead of lashing out on people, they actually just get some quiet space. But if they don't go get their quiet space, then they get more aggressive. So they just learn to control it a little better, which, you know, to me was the ray of light that I was looking for because mm -hmm. if it's just a matter of years, we can hang in there. I just, I, you know, my worry was that my son's going to be in relationships and destroy every relationship he's going to have mm -hmm. with his aggression and anger. But now I have hope that it's not going to be that way, that he'll, he'll get a grip on it. And someone, interestingly, someone else said that, um, when they were aggressive, that they were more angry at themselves than anyone else. And another person said that it was due to being misunderstood. And so the miscommunication around that, and they said the best thing to do is even when they're completely lashing out and aggressive, just make them feel safe, make them feel comfortable, even through the aggression. So let them know that everything is okay, despite the fact that they're, you know, lashing out like that. Yeah, that's good insight. You know, I think our common, um, intention is to, to make them feel better and to fix it. And that probably makes them even more frustrated and, you know, annoyed because it's nothing we can fix. It's not anything that, you know, we have control over. They don't even have control over it. Um, it's interesting too, because I get asked, my son will be 18 um, in April. And I was always asked a lot about puberty and if, cause he's aggressive, but his is a little bit different. I, I think his banging and his hitting, a lot of it has to do with GI issues that he has and he's in a lot of pain. And so I think that's the only, since he's nonverbal, that's the only way that he can really explain to us. I think that he hurts and he's in pain, but um, I, I was fearful of puberty that he would get bigger and he would get stronger and he'd get really aggressive and the hormones raging would make him lash out at us and be really mean. And none of that really happened. I mean, I don't know that every child is the same, obviously with puberty, everyone reacts differently, but I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't really change him too much. He still yeah. kind of has the mannerisms of a six-year-old or seven-year-old with his behaviors. So it's, he's not like a, he looks like a man, but he, he's not like a big, strong man coming after us or if that makes any sense, but yeah, it does. And you know, that actually makes me feel a little better because I've been really, really worried about that. The, the hormones with puberty thinking if this is what it's like now, what happens when all that testosterone hits? Yeah. But you've kind of backed up what the people on Instagram said, because if they grew out of it, it or it got easier in the early teen years, that's right when that would be hitting them. Yeah, the maturity helps you process, I, I would think, mm -hmm. you know, you better understand yourself as you grow and as you age and you can calm yourself down. So my hope is that he can <laughs> continue to do that too. But, you know, I know. <laughs> um, another post that I was reading in there, I just love like researching and like reading from everyone before I talk to them to really get to know you and your family. But um I felt like we're kindred spirits because you were talking about the experience as a mom with neurodivergent children and um, the concept of, you know, just everything having to be different. So when you're cooking meals, you, you make something different for maybe your son, uh, perhaps your daughter, and then you and your husband eat something different. And it's just kind of, it's divide and conquer inside of your own home a lot of times. And like we talked about walking on eggshells and um, I, I really appreciated your your take on all of that. It is exhausting and, and frustrating. Um, so how do you relieve stress and how do you handle all of that within your home, especially with your son's attachment to you? Do you get <laughs> time away by yourself 
to process uh, well, anything? Um, it has been really difficult. I've actually just, I've, I've had chronic insomnia for years and I think mm. it's all stress-related. The doctors just diagnosed me with adjustment disorder, which is basically being hyper-stressed due to a situation. So it's just, you know, my living situation as it is mm -hmm. right now. Um, but as far as getting time away, I don't really get time away. Um, it's getting a little bit easier. We're working on it. So our therapists have me like stepping out for 10 minutes at a time, letting him know, look, I'll be back in 10 minutes and then making sure I'm back in 10 minutes. But as soon as I say, I've got to go to the shops, I've got to do something. He immediately is just like, well, when are you coming back? Well, when are you going to come back, mom? You know, it's just it, that feeling that I, if, if I leave the house with that feeling, it's upsetting to me. And I know that he's upset. Sure. He's absolutely fine if he's on a screen. So that's why I generally say, okay, just go on your iPad because I've got to leave. But, you know, he's here with his dad and his sister. He should be fine, but he's he's not quite there yet. And as far as me really getting stress relief, I used to try and walk on the beach because we live near the beach, but he just would come with me. <laughs> so, but, you know, which was great for him because it was like a perfect, it was like medicine for him, mm -hmm. but it didn't do much for my stress relief. Yeah. Um, so I, I uh, about a month ago, I posted a, a post about meditation on my Instagram. Okay. And said that I was going to start meditating for five minutes a day. And a couple of women actually jumped onto that post and said, I want to do it too. So we started a little Instagram like group chat and we just make sure we're all meditating every day and support each other. And it's become more than meditation group. There's, I think, five of us in there. And we've become, you know, quite close and supportive of each other, which, which is really nice to have. And um, I do exercise every day. If I didn't do that, I think I'd be a lost cause. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I do it. We, we actually, about a year ago, my son wanted a, a virtual reality headset. And we were like, no, 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 no. Like, it's just not going to happen. You have enough screens. It's not going to happen. And then my husband's like, two weeks later, he said, I think we should get one. And I was like, we're not going to get a VR. He's got enough screens. And then they convinced me. And now I use it the most. <laughs> it's like the best thing ever because it's got exercise programs on there. It does. We just oh. got one. My husband got one for my daughter and I, like for like the family Valentine's present. And um, we haven't even taken it out of the box yet. I'm scared that I'm going to be like, um, I, I like motion sickness and like claustrophobic or whatever. Like <laughs> I'm going to fall off severe. a building. <laughs> no, I get, yeah, I, that's happened. I get severe motion sickness um, when I watch video games and things like that. I can't even watch for 10 seconds, but the VR is different because you're actually immersed in it. So okay. there are a few okay. games that can make you motion sick if they're moving too fast. But in general, there's not. So there's one that's walk the plank and you can actually injure yourself on that and you are walking the plank. So be careful of that one. But as far as uh, exercise goes, it's the best workout I've done because it's so much fun and you just want to get on every morning. And I've lost like eight kilos. So that's, you know, I don't know, 20, 22 pounds or something. That's cool. So, I know, just from doing the VR. Well, I'm proud of you for, you know, carving out the time. I know it's hard yeah. and it's so easy to just kind of dismiss it and just say, forget it. I'll do it, you know, maybe when they're older and I have more time. Yeah. And, um, you know, besides the mediation group, do you have a support group of other parents um, with children on the spectrum or anything no. that you you don't? I don't. No, I have, I have one friend from where we used to live who has an autistic son, the same age as mine, but... Our children are extremely different. They're like polar opposites. So we do connect every once in a while, but it's quite difficult to relate, you know, to our, our children, to each other. 
um, I generally go on Instagram and, mm -hmm. you know, use if I need questions answered, I ask people there, or, you know, I have a few people that message me and we have a back and forth going on. But as far as having a group, no, and we, we do need it. I mean, there was one here where we live now, where we just moved to, but they've kind of closed everything because of COVID and it never mm -hmm. started up again. So I haven't, I haven't met any of them. I'm yeah, we don't have anything here like that either. Most of my connections, all of my connections seem to be um, virtual, like social media and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's helped quite a bit. It's just so nice to have a village of people to bounce things off of, you know, any question they understand. So um, yeah. that's always good. I'm glad you have that at least, you know, with Instagram, it sounds like you have a lot of, you know, connections Yeah, that way too. So you and your husband decided to start a company called ND Renegade. Um, what, how did that all come to be? Is that a background both of you guys have this business? No, or marketing? it's actually, no, no, no. Marketing's where I'm failing with that actually. <laughs> um, no, it's actually, it's been my baby since the beginning. Um, I'm a painter. I'm an Australian uh, artist. I, I do yes. quite well over here, but at the end of my last show, um, I was wrapping it up, it was 2019, like November, and I just felt, I'd been, been painting for months and months. It takes, a, you know, a long time to get a show together. I was feeling really disconnected from my family and the kids would come join me in the studio, but then I couldn't really paint, you know what I mean? So I was like mm -hmm. playing, painting with them, but uh, I just wanted to do something that involved them a little bit more and that wasn't so separated for me. And I also, they don't go to school and part of our learning, um, we, we, do learning just from life. So I need, I want to show them how to, how to like, how to be a grown up, how to, how to run a business, how to do something for themselves. Cause I think they'll both be independent like that. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do something that included them. So I just had the idea one day and it was like a light bulb went off and I, I started researching and I just hummed and hawed over it, ruminated for a couple of days and went and spoke to my husband and he just said, let's just do it. And so I called my dealer and said, you know, I'm going to take a break. And uh, I just started up pretty much the next day, just thought of the name, got the logo going. And so I, I've done graphic design over the years, dabbled on and off. So I already had all the programs and I had, you know, I know how to design things. So I just went and designed all the t-shirts and got it up and running. So yeah. we've, been, we've been up and running since January of 2020. So about 13 months now. Yeah, I saw it. So you guys have t-shirts, um, they're tagless which yeah. is great for a lot of our kids who yeah. have sensory issues with tags and things. Um, I saw there were some hoodies out there too. And um, what mm -hmm. other products do you have besides t-shirts? We, we do, uh, yeah, the t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, sweatshirts, and we do hats as well. And I've just introduced posters because I've had some requests for like therapy, therapist offices, things like that for um, mm -hmm. our neurodiversity posters. So we've got those up there now. Are, are all the products, do they have different sayings or is there one, do they all say ND Renegade on them or how, how no, does that work? There's, there's um, okay, so we've got many different designs and I tried to find designs for different categories. So we've got like, <clears throat> kind of like motorcycle tees, we've got really girly tees, we've got just chunky block letter tees that say autist or ADHD or um, we've got a dyslexic tee that is in the dyslexia font. So it just says dyslexic, but in, the, in that font that um, is good for dyslexics. Um, there's a lot of neurodiversity teas. I just wanted to make it specific teas for each neurotype as well mm -hmm. as um, teas to support neurodiversity. And we have an advocate tea for anyone who just, you know, wants to, you know, help. Um, but we tried to do something, you know, for everyone. Yeah. 
I love that. And I, um, I love that the, the mission of the company um, is shining a light on neurodiversity and that you guys focus on helping neurodivergent people stand proud and, you know, not feel ashamed or shunned for their differences. I think that's phenomenal. And don't you give um, a percentage of the proceeds somewhere? Yes, to the, uh, the organization for, I'm getting it wrong. The I think that's organization right. for autism research. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. OA, OAR. I ran a marathon yeah. for OAR once. Oh, did you? Well yep. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so do you have future plans to do anything else with the company or is it going to stick, stick with clothing and, um, you know, just a few other items or, um, kind of where um, do you see it? So I'm not sure. I keep, I get a few, um, responses from people like people asking me to collaborate with them so uh sensory items we're thinking about possibly you know chew mm -hmm. toys and things like that um as far as as myself i would like to start speaking publicly so i'm going to try and speak in the schools around here to just i mean i i went on instagram and i asked as i do uh about school. So I asked the adult autistics and ADHDs what school was like for them. And the responses that I got was overwhelmingly negative. It was heartbreaking actually. I mean, people said they were suicidal and they turned to drugs oh. and it just was just terrible. And I know that it's not that much different right now. So I'd like to try and get into schools and try and just speak to the faculty and open their eyes to neurodiversity and its gifts and its challenges. And I got a lot of responses as to what would have helped the people when they're at school. And so I want to make those changes in the schools. And some of them are so easy, just having a, a quiet space to go during lunchtime would have mm -hmm. been so beneficial for these people. And that's such an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to expand into the advocacy more. So I don't know if that's going to be part of ND Renegade or just me branching out, but we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, there's definitely a need. I mean, once I published my book, that's the other thing that I'm focusing on too is and I'm not exactly sure that there is a specific target audience. I think kids that are um, neurotypical and their parents and just, I think there's anyone in the world that could listen to our message and our story to maybe understand and empathize a little bit more with, with families. I, I think, I guess I get the feeling that, you know, a lot of our therapists and a lot of our teachers, you know, are excellent with our kids, but they only do this from eight to five. And so I would like them to hear from a parent's perspective what it's like on an entire Saturday and a Sunday and the days that we don't have any therapy to go to or assistance and um, just what a 24-hour period is like because they can go home at five o'clock or four o'clock and they're done and go back to their you know normal life and ours is very chaotic. So if we're tired or we're grumpy or we you know whatever, I just want them to understand and be a little bit more empathetic with what the parents go through. Cause it's, it's different. I mean, we aren't trained like they are in therapies and in management of behaviors and that kind of stuff. We're just moms and dads yeah. <laughs> trying to figure it all out. So yes. I think I the more people talking have, we do is the better. Yeah. People have no idea what it's like to actually live this 24 seven, mm -hmm. you know, none whatsoever. Um, yeah. The only people that do are the other parents that live it. Yeah. Have you gotten, um, I know you're, you're in touch with a lot of the autistic community, um, the autistic adults. Have you gotten any feedback from them? Um, how do I say this? I, I know there are some parents that kind of get 
blasted a little bit sometimes with the things that they say or things that they do. Um, and I always look at it like, I think that we should work together instead of being against each other. We're doing the best that we can as parents, especially with children that are nonverbal. We're just guessing and assuming what they need, what they want, how they feel. And sometimes it's a little painful for an actually autistic person um, out there to to kind of demean us and, you know, say that we're getting it wrong and that, you know, just let your kids be your kids. And we are doing that. But we also have to parent. So they don't know what it's like to be a parent um, of an autistic child. And we don't know what it's like to be autistic. I, I don't, I can't even imagine what my son goes through. So ha have they ever said anything like, how do we bridge the gap between their life and us trying to manage our children's lives and help them? Yeah, um, I actually haven't had that directed towards me, but I, I have seen it happen a lot to other parents. I think mm -hmm. the difference is, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a difference or not, but I've, I've always tried to keep myself extremely open to mm -hmm. what they're saying. And my ears are just open because when I went into this, I didn't really know much about it. I knew the term neurodiversity, obviously, and I, I knew what it was, but I didn't know that it was a huge movement. I didn't know that it was something that could be agreed on or, or disagreed with. Um, and I, I did not know how the autistic community felt. And I went in there and at the very beginning, I guess I probably made some comments that, you know, I was shut down on and I would have removed them and apologized. But I learned pretty quickly that they're a community that can actually get offended quite easily, but rightly mm -hmm. so. Um, and I walked on eggshells for a little bit and I mm -hmm. did get a few, uh, you know, critical responses. But you know, the last six months or so, it's been pretty smooth sailing as far as that goes. They, you're right, they don't seem to understand where autistic parents are coming through, coming from. This is definitely from their point of view, but I think if we just dismiss their anger, because I think they have a right to be angry, the people that are angry were mistreated by their yeah. parents, by their family. So I think you have to kind of dismiss that anger and just listen to their words mm -hmm. and just try and improve every step of the way. And hopefully one day they will you know their anger will diminish and they'll be able to see that the parents are struggling just as much as the autistic people their children but in a different way mm -hmm. it's just a different struggle and yeah. you know their eyes I guess maybe their anger is stopping them you know from their past their history is stopping them from seeing that that and I mean a lot of the mums that get a lot of these comments sometimes they are trying to take on their children's autism as their yes. own burden and that obviously that's not right. I mm -hmm. think they're just misrepresenting themselves and, and it is a burden. It is a struggle it, it is difficult. It's not the motherhood that we plan to have, but by the same token, that difference has opened my eyes to a completely different world mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change it. I couldn't, well, I couldn't change it, but it, you know, it's an amazing experience to have my children as my children. Um, but it's been a huge learning curve and I guess the autistic people that do get angry just have to understand that the, the parents are going through something as well. And, yeah. and you know, it, it has been a loss, but it's also been a massive gain. And I think that that's what they're missing, that we do believe that it's a gain as well. Yeah, I'm sure we can learn so much from each other. I mean, I open and I'm open to any suggestions that they have. I know there are plenty out there who didn't talk until they were 20 or still are, you know, minimally verbal, um, but they communicate through typing or whatever. I would love for them to say, okay, this is, 
this is probably what your son feels. This is probably why he's doing yeah. what he's doing. Uh, I went through the exact same thing. I welcome that. I would love that, you know, <laughs> insight um, from them. So, you know, I'm just, I'm learning as I go too. So, you know, Absolutely. rather than. I mean, that, that gives, I mean, that it, it might not be the same. Your, your son might be thinking something completely differently, but mm-hmm. at least it's, it's, it's an idea that you may not have thought of, mm-hmm. you know, because you, ha- as you said, you have an experience that you don't know what he's going through, but if someone has been there, you welcome that information because all you want to do is understand your child. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, um, there's definitely a lot of challenges with raising kids that are neurodiverse. Um, <laughs> and it, I don't know that it'll get any easier. It might just be different. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I know that there are happy times in every family. We laugh a ton. We make up funny songs around here. We are total goofballs 90% of the time. So what is it that your children really love and what makes the, the smiles on everyone in your family come out? Okay. Um, well, we do, we spend a lot of time together as a family. Cause as I said, we homeschool, but we don't actually uh-huh. do school. So we just do a lot of activities together. You know, we bake and we, watch shows and we, we try to get to the beach. My son is having anxiety, <laughs> you know, at the beach at the moment, which is crazy because he's lived at the beach his entire life. Um, but we, we get outside. We try to go exploring somewhere new uh, once a week. We play family tennis. We have a family tennis lesson, which is That's awesome. Fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. My kids have been doing tennis for a couple of years and then we moved up here and I just said to the instructor, you know, I'm thinking about joining. He's like, oh, I've got chills. I've got chills. You've got to get on the call with them. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So now I'm running around with them. Um, so that's fun. But um, my daughter, as I said, she loves books. That That's her thing. She could just, you know, she'll go to the library and get 15 books and be done in a week and we've got to take her back. My daughter is um, the exact same. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, you can't complain. You know, although one therapist did say to us, look, she's just losing herself in her books and you need to pull her out so she can experience the real world. Um, and my son's one true love is uh, the computer game Roblox. So <laughs> hey, I'm not familiar. Yeah. So he, he is just he just loves it. He, he you know, we try and limit it because it does make he can make him more aggressive if he's on it too much. So he gets a few hours a day to play that. Um, but you know, he's just, he's a computer guy. He's only seven, but he can work a computer like a whiz. So that's his, yeah. And it's funny because his therapist was here the other day was his support worker and she was doing, you know, different emotion games with him and, you know, just, you know, it was an hour long session and he's always, he gets along with her very well and they always have a good time and they laugh, but then she said, okay, I want to watch you. He'd had enough. And she said, okay, I'll watch you play on the computer. And she said the second he got on, his entire demeanor changed. His shoulders relaxed. He, you know, was breathing calmly. He was in control. He was happy. His anxiety was gone. And I hate the fact that he's, he likes to be on a screen so much, but by the same token, that is where he feels safe and that is yeah. where he feels happy. So we just try and guide him to do the right things like coding and you know, other things that he will benefit from. And he does benefit from the games as well. But we just, we try and monitor it. But that is definitely his happy place. He could have an amazing career in that in the future. I just did an episode several weeks back with um, a mom whose uh, son is 33, I think now, graduated from college with a computer science degree, um, has a great job, just got married, 
Like, you know, he's living the dream and he's doing everything he wanted to do in life. And he was the same way. He always loved computers and all of that. So I'm always excited to hear those stories. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. That's, that's good to hear. I mean, that's my hope for him. And that's what I kind of see yeah. happening. Um, because that's, that's if, you know, if someone feels peace, why take that away from them? You mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. Well, I am so glad that we got a chance to, to meet and to catch up. Um, and how can people reach out to your company? Um, I, I'll put the website up um, and they can just order and you ship everywhere, I'm guessing. Yeah, we do. We ship worldwide. Um, we have print shops in the US and Canada and Europe. So we go all over the place. Um, but as far as contacting me, you can contact me through the website or uh, easiest place to do it is through Instagram. We're just yeah. at Andy Renegade on Instagram. I'm, I'm on and off there all day, every day, <laughs> so, <laughs> even on my days off, which I actually don't have. They're not really days off. Um, so yeah, Instagram is the best place to find me. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I will link all that up so everyone can have access to it. And I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your Friday morning. I guess it's Friday for yeah. you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it too. Absolutely. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.